source to pay, RFI, RFP, procure to pay, goods received, accounts payable. It's easy to get lost in procurement jargon, but at the end of the day, it's all just about buying better. And that's what I try to help you with here at Pure Procurement. If you had an extra two, three hours in your week, or if that was an extra five, 10 hours in your month where you weren't doing research, where you weren't calling and scouring the internet, trying to find suppliers or understand something, what would you do with that extra time? Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Pure Procurement, the show where we demystify procurement and source to pay to show you how it can be a value creator for your business. Today, we're talking about market research and procurement. More specifically, we're covering how to optimize the market research and market intelligence gathering process within your organization. This will help you generate better and faster outcomes from your sourcing events. Currently, when your organization needs to buy something new, you'll do research on the market and potential suppliers through many different methods, search engines, industry conferences, asking other buyers in your network for referrals, etc. This is all very labor-intensive. How can we optimize this process? That's the question at the heart of this episode. To help me discuss the subject, I'm joined by Embry Davis, Senior Business Development Manager at Procurement IQ. It's a research and market intelligence firm dedicated to creating research products for procurement professionals. Embry has been in the research space for just under a decade, so I was excited at the prospect of picking his brain on leading practices in this space. During our chat, we covered a variety of topics, such as, at a high level, how to go about market research, the typical pain points and value drivers associated to market research activities, how to adopt and successfully roll out market intelligence tools in your organization, and we got into some interesting case studies near the end of the episode that I'm sure you'll enjoy. Without further ado, enjoy our chat, and I will catch you at the end of the episode. Thanks for joining me, Embry. No worries. Thank you for the invitation. I'm really excited to have you on the show today to discuss market intelligence and, and where it fits into the overall uh, procurement function and, and procurement process. Uh, but first off, I, can you introduce yourself for the audience and just give us a sense of what your role is at Procurement IQ? Yeah, thank you. So my name is Embry Davis. I'm a senior business development manager at Procurement IQ. I've been here for a little over four four years. I'm in a client-facing role where I support supply chain sourcing and procurement professionals, helping them ultimately uh, make faster, smarter, and better data-driven decisions using category market intelligence. Okay, awesome. Do you have a fun fact about yourself you'd like to share with folks? Yeah. So something interesting about me is that my family is bigger than most families. So uh, what I mean by that is I have 17 nieces and nephews and three great nieces and nephews. No kids of my own, though. Not oh, yet. Geez. But that's uh makes for fun family gatherings pre or oh, post COVID, yes. of course. Yes, yes, yes. I think I mentioned, you know, we just took some family pictures and the 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 hard part about that was really finding a place to fit all of us. And given that it's kind of winter time, it's freezing cold outside, but that was really the only place that we can go was outside to take some family pictures. <laughs> that's awesome. So why don't we dive down into the interview and I'm sure uh I'm sure that that background of yours will come in handy. Uh, you mentioned market intelligence at, at the outset. And just to make sure we're on the same page, uh, perhaps we can start with the basics. 
So how, how would you define market intelligence from a process perspective? Where does it start? Where does it end? Where does it fit in uh, in the procurement value chain? Yeah. So for procurement departments or procurement professionals, you know, market intelligence is information and data relevant to any organization's supply market to support confident purchasing decisions. And gathering market intelligence really starts with understanding your business or organization's needs. So understanding the products and services that potentially fill those needs and having intelligence and data to support you and not just procuring that, but every stage of the buying process. Okay. And so it would be done for me as part of a sourcing activity or even before that, as you're planning out, you know, what the needs of the organizations are going to be over a specific period of time and, and making sure that we have the, the information available to, to, to select the correct suppliers, uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah. So, and just to dive a little bit deeper, as far as, you know, what I, what I mean by every stage of the buying process is, you know, what exactly is your businesses or organizations ultimate need aside from this product? What, what is that gap that they're looking for a product or service to fill? Understanding that, then understanding the different products and services or ways to potentially fill that gap, understanding who provides those products and services that can fill those gaps, understanding what their suppliers or what their supply chain actually looks like. And next is really understanding how do we actually approach them? How do we buy this? You know, um, are there other alternatives out, out here that we may not have considered? Then we're also going Further, as far as having market intelligence or data to support you within that negotiation to ensure that you're getting not only the best value, the best price, but the the, the best supporting and additional services and products that go along with whatever it is you are sourcing. Right. So, yeah, and to give an example uh, that comes to mind, we could think of of knowing how many suppliers are on a given market, how commoditized uh, a certain market is, and and bringing that information into into negotiations with suppliers, right? Uh, Absolutely. Okay, cool. So I, I think we probably touched on a couple of them as we as you were listing uh, listing the, the the definitions out. But what are the main value drivers that organizations can leverage by spending time on gathering market intelligence? Yeah. So, you know, when you gather market intelligence, you're taking a step at improving your expertise. Um, And what I like to say is positioning yourself as an expert or a trusted advisor to your organization Um, and conducting any form of market intelligence, you know, gives you the ability to educate and provide new insights to your leadership to your stakeholders. Um, Other drivers are having that ability to reduce risk by just further understanding and due diligence that potentially haven't been done. And more importantly, discovering new opportunities, new innovations and new opportunities and resources that can add more value to your organization and stakeholders. Okay. Yeah, oh, for sure. And so I, I see the the value there for sure. I'm just wondering what your take is on when you've gathered enough in market intelligence, when do you hit that point, right? Because if I'm running a sourcing event and it's the first time that I'm running an MRO event on nuts and bolts that I need for my my different plants within the company or the organization, how do I know when I've when I've 
gathered enough market intelligence to to take that next step and choose my suppliers and and go down the the, the execution of the event. Yeah, I think that's a that, that answer to that question is in twofold. What, what my my first answer is, you know, can you ever have enough information to really support? any type of decision that you're making. But I think really where the challenge would come is, do you have a way to organize that information? That way there's not clutter and there's not, you know, it's not really creating a lot of confusion and disruption. Um, but, you know, to give you a straightforward answer, I think the, 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 market intelligence and that process, that research process will really stop once there's a true confidence. Once you're really confident that you have enough suppliers and even the right supplier in that. Right. Okay, cool. And so uh, as you're going through this process, I could see it as being pretty burdensome if you're doing it manually, right? If you're going through websites and doing Google searches and calling suppliers and relying on your network to find uh, this intelligence or to get a knowledge of the markets, maybe you're doing conferences, that sort of thing, right? What do you see as, as the typical pain points for organizations when they're gathering market intelligence? Yeah. So I think number one, you know, with a lot of the clients that I work with specifically is that this process of gathering market intelligence can take time. And it, and oftentimes it takes up too much time and times that time that many category managers, buyers, sourcing managers really don't have. And what, what I see from a lot of organizations that I work with is, you know, sometimes because maybe a buyer is not always an, an expert in every single category or every single project in area that they have to buy, they oftentimes may have to rely too much on their stakeholders because those stakeholders are essentially maybe the expert and they know what they want. Um, but when you're relying on these stakeholders, one of these challenges and pain points are is that you're pulling them away from that strategic activity. You're pulling them away from their job to, to buy this because you may not have that expertise or it may just take too long to find that information. Um, and just to, to, to give you more context, when it, when you're looking at, you know, areas like indirect spend and, you know, we're looking at professional services, it's very different than looking at pricing for commodities like gold and steel, where that information may be easy to find with a Google search and, and it can tell you yeah. Yeah, an, an index where it would tell you, you know, exactly what you need to know. You know, however, there are thousands of products and services where, you know, Pricing doesn't occur in a, in a public market, meaning finding a baseline from which to negotiate can be difficult, if not impossible. Right. Right. No, for sure. And, you know, I'm thinking back to your example around relying on stakeholders, right? You might also end up inviting suppliers that the company's always used before or used in the past because the team knows their products and they're comfortable with them to some degree or they've, they've accepted that that's what they work with, right? They're used to it, uh, yeah. but you might be missing out on a, a whole ton of, of other alternatives and value for the organization. Yeah, ab absolutely. And um, I, I, and I guess, you know, what I would label that as is, you know, that opportunity cost, that unforeseen opportunity. Yes, some organizations may be doing fine with the route they were taking, but is there some additional opportunity out there that you haven't found or haven't researched or really just haven't stumbled upon due to the lack of market intelligence or even the lack of time to conduct right. the proper market intelligence? Okay. 
Awesome. So I see, I see those big two buckets, right? Saving time, but also that what you're discussing as opportunity cost and, and basically building confidence, right? So it saves you time. It builds you confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And have you seen technology aside, right? Have you seen mechanisms in place in, in different organizations to optimize that market intelligence gathering process uh, without technology? And yeah. what does that look like usually? Yeah, absolutely. So um, some organizations, you know, decide to go out and let's just say build their own internal team of analysts or researchers who are conducting uh, this market intelligence for them and in-house. And a lot of what I see is that this is often done, you know, and you, you'll find this a lot of the times on the direct side of the business um, and for those core products. Um, some organizations may have research analysts on, on the indirect side of the house as well. But one of the challenges we've seen with this is those folks that you have conducting that research aren't always an expert at every single category. And they may not be new to purchasing. They may not be new to procurement, but there's there's oftentimes still going to be categories or areas of the business where they they they, they may be generalists when it comes to approaching that. Um, and that's really still another gap, you know, that would need to be filled unless you're going to really go out and hire really that specialist for every single product, every single stakeholder in the organization. All right, for sure. And that's cost prohibitive, right? Like, I mean, uh, building your own research firm internally may be viable for larger corporations, but not necessarily for every organization to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that leads me nicely to the next question, which is is around technology, right? Because uh, once we, I think that that's the, the natural process leads us to look at how we can optimize a process, you know, by itself. And then once we've done that, to look to technology to, to help us solve the remaining issues. And I think the, the big one that comes from uh, our discussion so far is scalability, right? So mm. what kind of tools uh, can come and help maximize the value associated to those value drivers we discussed earlier around minimizing the time you spend and building up the confidence uh, in, in a specific market before you go out and engage yeah, so um, there are a few tools in the market that are designed specifically for procurement and indirect sourcing professionals that don't only just focus on, like we mentioned, those commodities or raw materials. But what I would recommend is an on-demand tool. I think that's what's most important when we talk about process and the scalability for a buyer or a procurement professional to have access to credible information that's readily available where you still don't have that lead time and that lag where someone is going away and conducting this research for you. But how can you have something that's instantly available that can reduce that time in responding to organizations and stakeholder needs? Yeah, that's awesome. So in essence, it's building up the research capabilities internally. You would you would opt for okay. Well, how can we scale that? It's engage with a research firm that's external and that can provide you that data instantly as as you need it. Absolutely. Okay. What are the components of of such a tool suite or such tools on the market? How would so, you break it down? Yeah. So these tools are web based subscriptions that provide organizations, like I mentioned instant and instant access to a library of up-to-date research reports 
that are category specific and also regularly refreshed. And when it comes to what we're talking about, that process standpoint that are easy to read and easy to navigate. Okay. Awesome. And so as a, as a buyer category manager, I could log into a web-based tool, go to the category that I'm researching for a specific event, uh, gather information on, you know, the state of that market, the, the, the biggest suppliers, uh, how fragmented it is, uh, different information to help me structure how I want to go about carrying out the event. Yeah, absolutely. And to, you know, get more granular as far as what you mentioned, my recommendation to buyers and when it comes to looking at components of the right tool, it's not only looking at market information, that is a starting point, but also looking at the individual category information in that market. So that market information would be, you know, starting from that macroeconomic looking at the market, but let's look at more into the individual category information. Are these tools category specific? Is that information and market intelligence written at a granular enough level for it to be actionable. Right. Cause at the end of the day, that's, that's what's important about, about the information, right. Is making sure that it informs uh, the strategy used for a sourcing event and, and eventually the, the outcome being more positive than if we hadn't used that solution. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if I'm using market intelligence correctly uh, in an organization. What does it look like? So I would say it looks like, the, the, the number one word that would come to mind is proactive. Um, so using market intelligence correctly in a tool that feeds you something that's on demand and constantly refreshed will allow a buyer or any sourcing professional the ability to anticipate the needs of the business instead of constantly responding to them. This organization state is also, you know, one who's constantly engaging their stakeholders, constantly working with suppliers to help promote innovation. They're prioritizing long-term benefits over short-term gains. And by short-term gains, I mean, ultimately saving more money in the long run by having the ability to see the bigger picture outside of just a purchase request. These organizations also use the term partnership. You know, they have partnerships with their suppliers where their suppliers prioritize them. You know, when there are potential disruptions in the market, this type of market intelligence may have the ability to provide you the insight of potential disruptions. That way, giving you the ability to, one, be proactive, pivot, provide it, and also implement alternative solutions. And potentially even uh, bring some verbiage into your contracts and into, into negotiations that you would not otherwise have uh, have brought in from a risk perspective, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what you mentioned, that was a great point. You know, that goes back to one of the first things that I mentioned. Where does market intelligence start? Where does it stop? Where does it end? You know, it's an ongoing continuous process. And it's something that you use at every stage of the buying process from, you know, that initial market analysis all the way up to what we're saying. Once you have something implemented already, or even once you're negotiating that contract and the key terms, are you incorporating certain certain market indicators and certain levers into that contract, do you understand the risk and potential disruptions? And are you incorporating, like you mentioned, that language into your agreement? Right. 
And the other thing that, that came to mind as you were discussing that initial piece around just being more proactive, I just imagined myself like getting a call from, uh, you know, somebody in my business saying we have a requirement for X, Y, and Z. And can we set up a meeting to discuss, you know, the next steps on, on the project? And now we have a new item in the pipeline. And even before that first meeting, I'd log in and go and check out that commodity, check out the state of that, the market for that commodity and, and come to the, the meeting already prepared and with an opinion on something, even if I hadn't, I had never touched that commodity before in my career, right? Yeah, great question. And, you know, that's one of the ways that many of my clients leverage Procurement IQ. It's not only for that market analysis overall, as far as understanding a category, but also reducing the speed to stakeholder and reducing the time that it takes to prepare for a meeting by in a centralized location, having everything you need to know about a category to discuss in that internal meeting and not having to, hey, let's meet in, in, in a week. Let's meet in two weeks because I need to get my head around this. No, I actually ha- already have information that's on demand, easy to organize, easy to access, where within a matter of minutes, a matter of an hour, I can become this expert and I'm prepared to engage and understand my business needs and participate in this stakeholders meeting. And look like a superhero. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, All kidding aside, are there, like, I'm sure there's a lot of market intelligence tools out there. What do you see as the main uh, differences or trade-off between different solutions? Like what, what, uh, do you have any any choices that you need to make as a solution provider on what you're going to focus on? Yeah, so um, I think the number one thing, there, there are many tools out here. And of course, I, I'm going to say, hey, check out Procurement IQ, look at our tool. But it really starts with before really choosing the tools and understanding the tools. I think number one is understanding how you need information to be delivered to you. Do you need real-time information that's on demand? Do you need a market intelligence provider that's going away and providing a customized report for you where you're working with a consultant and that report can be delivered within a matter of weeks, you know, and there's a turnaround time on that. Do you need a market intelligence provider that's solely focused on something that's product specific and very technical? And you're not, you don't really have a need to look at macroeconomic trends. They're providers that have different focuses. And I think one thing to to note is that, you know, there's not really a one size fits all when it comes to different market intelligence tools. But I think the main thing is what's most important is understanding what your needs are. How do you need information to be delivered to you? What is the focus of the information that you need? Is it solely around technology? Are you looking for commodity research? Are you looking for research that covers indirect spend professional services and really, you know, that that enterprise spend? So I think that's really the the first thing to discuss or understand before choosing a tool. Right. And it kind of go, goes back to what we were saying earlier around knowing what your pain points are, what the value drivers you're chasing are. And, and once you have a good understanding of those and what you're trying to do, it'll inform your discussions with different market intelligence tool providers. Absolutely. Okay. What are some of the the misconceptions around market intelligence tools that you see out there? Because I, I feel like it's a sea of information. And so, you know, it's possible to get lost out there and drown pretty easily. Um, yeah. So yeah, what are your thoughts on, on the misconceptions? Um, uh, well, I think I see maybe 
two to three main common themes. I think, you know, the one number one is that market intelligence tools are all created equally, where, in my opinion, there's different tools that were designed for different audiences. Another kind of misconception that we see is there are some folks who have never used a market intelligence tool and have kind of a misconception of what market intelligence is, where they have historically been looking at and confusing internal spend data with an external market intelligence tool that's looking at the external market versus their internal spin. Um, and I think that's just a common misconception based on what some organizations and people are are used to based on kind of that lack of experience of leveraging mar- uh, actual resource that provides market intelligence for you. So, so just uh, to give some concrete examples to clear that up, what, what type of um, concrete numbers or information could I expect to see as someone logging into a market intelligence tool? Yeah, absolutely. So um, with Procurement IQ and the market intelligence that we provide, so our market intelligence is created in a consistent format. So meaning no matter what report you're looking at, each category will follow that same format. And our approach is looking at things from starting off at a macroeconomic perspective to getting much in very product specific. So looking at things such as um, and addressing pricing fundamentals, what kind of pricing model do the vendors or suppliers in this market operate under or offer? Understanding, you know, things such as price drivers or even a specific benchmark price, looking at factors such as TCO, total cost of ownership. But and beyond that, going into better understanding the actual supply market market and understanding the suppliers, accessing information as far as um, understanding, you know, RFP elements, negotiation tactics and strategies. So essentially, like I mentioned earlier, having information that can add value to you, no matter what stage of the buying process that you're in. Yeah. Okay. So I'm convinced, right? You've convinced me that this is something that I need. What is the, the adoption and rollout process look like? Like I'll, I'll come in, I'll purchase licenses, I imagine, to the tool. And how would you uh, suggest clients or companies go about integrating this tool into their organization? Yeah. So our, um, Taking a step back, really our model, uh, Procurement IQ's market intelligence is a resource that's intended to be used by a procurement function. So we don't offer, let's just say, a seat base or, you know, user base, you know, licensing model. This is, like I mentioned, a resource intended for a procurement team. But implementing and bringing on a resource like this is really very simple. And what it starts with is understanding, like I mentioned, which content or which module of market intelligence is beneficial for you. And our, our resource is 100% web-based. So there's no, we're not a software, there's no downloads or integration. It's as simple as logging into procurementiq.com and accessing the category reports or the market intelligence reports is as simple as, you know, and as easy as looking at a newspaper, looking at a Wall Street Journal, but having something that's category specific. Right. And so I could send you a subset of the UNSPSC code and say, I want market intelligence for all these commodities. And that could be an entry point. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes into a point that I made earlier. How easy is it to access this information? Or most importantly, how how, how easy is it to find exactly what you're looking for? So, um, you know, something that we at Procurement IQ do outside of just handing our clients over the keys and say, hey, here's the market intelligence, go run away. We conduct, let's just say, category alignments with our clients. So if you have a list of categories that you're specifically looking at, and if you have that organized by the UNSBC codes or even just category names, we can organize and position all of those reports in a folder for you to easily access, or you can just literally search for what you're looking for um, and populate that report by the category name, by the supplier, by the coding system, NAICS code, etc. Okay, interesting. And so there's probably an additional cost associated to a solution like this, for sure. I'm, exp- uh, I'm wondering how you help uh, organizations build the business case out to, to justify the additional cost, right? How do you measure the impact of the usage of, of such a market intelligence solution? Yeah, that's a great question. So we look at, look at that in two ways. So one, just as far as our business model, like I mentioned earlier, our goal is to truly partner with our clients. And before that partnership, really understanding where something like this fits and potential, where's the potential opportunity and impact of this. Now, some of the ways that we've done that before is, you know, one, just getting an understanding of what I mentioned earlier. What categories are do does Procurement IQ offer information that is relevant to your spend portfolio or categories that you support? Are these categories that potentially have been unaddressed? And is this a way for you and your team to potentially tap into some historically unaddressed spend? When we're looking at ROI or building a case for something like this, is this a resource that's going to help you guys become less tactical and more strategic by spending a lot more time on strategic activity instead of doing this research manually? We're not only looking at and. ROI, but a return on time investment as well. Yeah. What what more could you be doing with potentially that, you know, five hours or 20 hours um, a month that you were doing on that research? Where is that time best spent? Is it best spent supporting the direct side of your business? Or is there some type of hard savings associated with market intelligence. Are we providing you data? Uh, and it, an example of this can be forecasting data that you're leveraging in a negotiation because you see market intelligence directly from Procurement IQ that says you should be paying 10% less than the increase that your supplier is coming at you with. And are you using this to justify a hard savings? So, Procurement IQ, we truly partner with you and we want to help develop those case studies to justify renewing a resource like this. And that's why that additional education, that additional support and helping you look for those opportunities is all free and included in a subscription like this. And we want to document that. Yeah, no, very cool. And it goes back to the the, the initial value drivers, right? If we're able to save time on research, then we're maybe able to spend more time on running more events on unaddressed spend or categories that we didn't think we'd get to during the year. So if we're able to measure that from year to year, having used the resource and having not used a procurement IQ like resource, then I think it it's possible to get those hard numbers and, and build a case for continued use of the tools, as you said. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, something that I, I like to ask a lot of my clients that I work with, if you had an extra two, three hours in your week, or if that was an extra five, 10 hours in your month where you weren't doing research, where you weren't calling and scouring the internet, trying to find suppliers or understand something, what would you do with that extra time? Where's that time better spent? Is it in improving partnerships with your stakeholders? Is it in better speaking with the strategic suppliers and fostering a stronger relationship? Where is that time best spent overall? Is it in helping develop a better strategy? Is it in training? That's what I want to know. Right. And you said something there that, that caught my attention as well around finding new suppliers. How, how would you categorize the differences between a market intelligence tool and a supplier discovery tool, right? Such as the, all the big source to pay tools that are, are giving you the lists of all the vendors on their network by category. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it would be is the analysis behind that. So especially looking at a procurement IQ where we don't just provide raw data, we don't just provide a supplier list or we don't just provide information without context. We provide a unbiased, objective look into categories and into a market and a detailed analysis and description of what that information actually means. And I think when you're looking at other tools and things that you've mentioned before, where you can see, or even just any type of, any, any type of kind of, you know, unclean data set where you can see, Hey, X, Y, and Z is working with this supplier paying this much. But do you have the insight as to what that $1 million contract includes? Do you have the ability of what else they negotiated in that? Is there context behind it? And I think that's kind of want to be the biggest differentiators, the, um, the, 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 the access to the analysis behind that information. Okay, cool. And so if we dive into a bit more uh, examples, in what ways have you seen uh, procurement professionals leverage market intelligence solutions? Can you give any concrete examples as unique or, or creative use cases that have uh, generated benefits for companies? Yeah, absolutely. One example, I, I can give, I can have two that come to mind specifically, but one client I was working with specifically were negotiating their a commercial printing agreement. Um, I believe it was managed print services. It was a huge enterprise contract in their organization. And they had reached out to one of my colleagues here at Procurement IQ and they said, they said, Hey, we're working with our supplier. They're trying to give us a 2% increase on our commercial printing service. I'm not sure if this 2% increase is justified. They're saying they're giving it to us just because of the price of inflation. Does Procurement IQ have any data that I can use to justify signing this contract? Or really, I have to justify this to my CPO based on the level of spend this is. And what we did, we walked the client through one of our category reports and they jumped to the section in our report that says vendor average cost structure. And in that cost structure, they looked at one of the core cost drivers in the printing space, which is the price of pulp and paper. And they had scrolled down to our price driver statistics table and they said, it's very strange that this vendor is coming at us with a 2% increase when I'm looking at this procurement IQ information and it's showing me that the price of pulp and paper has been going down by about 2 to 4% over the past few years and is going to continuously decrease 
lease. So I'm not even sure how they're justifying that decision. And ultimately, what this client had done, he said, access to this information essentially gave him the confidence to pick up the phone and combat that increase. And what he was able to do is not only save kind of tens of thousands of dollars on that enterprise agreement, but also get about a $5,000 rebate for an unjustified increase historically. And ultimately, (laughs) you know, what he told me, you know, and I asked for some context is what exactly was it that help you as far as that we provide it. He said, ultimately, your report helped me understand the direction the market was heading in, but not only that direction, why this price was on a decline. And it essentially gave me the confidence to pick up the phone. And that that confidence was something he didn't have before. That information is power, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. All right. Now I'm excited for story number two. Yeah. So um, another opportunity uh, we were working with, I can't recall the actual industry of this, but um, I was working with, also with a client who um, they, they they were sourcing some commercial products. Uh, and these were essentially backpacks for an annual conference that they that they go to every year out in Las Vegas. And in, in the backpacks, they ended up putting, they put their logos on the backpacks and handed it off as promotional items. And the, the client that we were working with, they had they were issuing an RFP and essentially none of the suppliers could really compete with the major player in that space on price. So, and they, this was a, a supplier they had been working with for years, um, but they had a, they had a pretty significant spin when it came to their marketing and promotional materials budget. And before uh, really issuing this bid or awarding the bid to this supplier, this client had came and looked at our negotiation questions report and they saw some in the additional services section, a single question that says, hey, ask the suppliers, do you offer free drop shipping? And they had included that question in the RFP. And just from one question alone, this supplier was actually able to save about an additional $20,000 overall on this project because there were additional costs that they hadn't considered. The original supplier was going to essentially ship all of these backpacks and promotional items to them, and they were going to have to store them for about three to four months until this conference. And this organization had nowhere to put this many products at this capacity. They had nowhere to place them. And by a simple question such as, do you offer free drop shipping? There was another supplier that they hadn't even considered awarding that said, hey, we can drop ship these directly to the event center for free. And you don't have to worry about storing these. You don't have to worry about one of your colleagues leaving the conference to go pick this up and renting a truck to drive these promotional items back to the facility. And this goes back to what I was mentioning earlier with the right type of market intelligence. It's not always about just the pricing data, but it's about kind of just unforeseen opportunities and additional value that suppliers can bring you that you just may not have considered. Right. And, and that may adjust or that may fit with the context that you're in at that point in time as well to piggyback on your uh, conference example. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. I do a whole other episode with you just to hear a bunch of examples of that type of story, because those are all <laughs> really interesting war stories. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do a case studies episode. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I don't want to keep uh, keep you too long. I want to be respectful of your time, Embry. I'm really happy you were you were able to join me, and you've been really generous with uh, your examples and 
and just your time. For interested folks that want to get in touch, what's the best way to uh, to get in touch with you or with Procurement IQ? Well, thank you. The pleasure is mine. You know, the best way to get in contact with me may be through email. My email is embry dot davis at procurementiq.com that's e-m-b-r-y dot davis at procurementiq.com i also try to be very active on linkedin posting whether it be case studies white papers insights and articles specifically for the procurement audience so my name on linkedin is embry davis so either way would be good ways to contact me yeah i've seen you kicking around over there <laughs> I try, I try. On the old LinkedIn. <laughs> I try. Very cool. Well, thanks for thanks again for joining me. I really enjoyed having you on the show and I look forward to us talking again soon. Likewise. Thank you for the time. Thanks for tuning in to Pure Procurement, hosted by yours truly, Joel Cane de Metz. I hope you took something away from today's episode to help you keep fighting the good fight. If you have any comments or questions, you can stop by my website at pureprocurement.ca. There's a ton of procurement-related articles and resources there for you as well. If you like what you see, I'd love to count you as a subscriber to my monthly newsletter. Every month, I bring you the top five pieces of source-to-pay content I came across that month. All you need to do is to click the big button on the top right of the homepage. That's it. Thanks again for listening to Pure Procurement. Until next time.